0: classroom you've got to be kidding me you know it was pretty cool and then one day I came in and we had a um like a dress-up day and I had very short dyed blonde hair and I turned up the next day in a long red wig and the kid goes oh miss is that your real hair <laughs> I said do you remember my hela like yesterday oh okay yeah I've been asked what color is this blue pen <laughs> how long is the 40-hour famine my personal favourite, I was wearing a t-shirt in the 90s, a Huffer shirt, and it had like a, a picture of New Zealand on it, and it was kind of a tone on tone, grey on grey, had the little Huffer symbol, and a kid goes, oh miss, I think you've spilt coffee on your shirt. <laughs> I said, is it in the shape of New Zealand? He's like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Did I mention it's in West Auckland? That probably is Got a kid in my class called Metallica not a joke. I say when I teach a chandelier, I give up. That's it. Jeepers. Don't get me started on that. Anyway, um, but you know, we've got to do this, and my foot is slipping. Now, many years ago, I went on a school trip, and we went to Singapore. I was one of the teachers on the trip, and I was walking along this um, white paved, uh, tiled floor space, and if you can imagine with me, it was like paving, 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 but like that, and one of the tiles... Um, someone had thought it was a really good idea as the road sort of started to take a little bit of a slip. Instead of putting a step, what they did was one of the lines of tiles, they just slowly, ever so slightly, ever so slightly, made that go on a increasingly incremental angle until it got to a 45 degree angle. And because they were white, you couldn't tell. So it was flat, a little bit of a slope, flat, keep going, flat, A little bit more of a slope, flat, A little bit more of a, <laughs> genius. You know, you'd never get, it. oh, they, you guys probably, they'd have stuff like that happening down here by accident where you fall over. But someone had planned this out. You know, someone thought this is a good idea. Brilliant. Now, I was walking along, the kids had all gone over the road to get their lunch, and I was walking along, I had a pair of um, sort of wedgie shoes. They weren't high, but they were they were sort of highish at the top and the back, and just a uh, flat sole, and I walked along, and what I didn't know and what I couldn't feel was that slowly, ever so slowly, every time I took a a step with my right foot, the pressure on the side of my foot was increasing. Now, because it was small and slow, I couldn't tell, and what was happening was my left foot would go flat, and my right foot would go on a little bit more of an angle, and my left foot would go flat, and my right foot would go on a little bit more of an angle, and I couldn't feel the change because it happened so gradually. And all of a sudden, we got to a point at which the pressure on my foot was so high that there was nothing else that my body could do except tip. And my foot rolled, and I heard the break. (laughs) The snap of my foot was loud and clear, and a bone on the side of my foot snapped. Now, when I explain that to you, I would use this little tip. I would say it made sense to me, because what happened was I couldn't tell. And I thought... I was just walking down the road and I just fell over. I couldn't tell. I'm lying there on the road with this big egg on the side of my foot. I was, oh, And I was one of the teachers on a free trip. And I'm like, oh, shame. I don't want everyone going on about it. So I thought, right, I am just going to pretend nothing's wrong. went to the hospital and I was just, just wrap it up. Give me the crutches. We're away. So they said, we're going to give you some medication. So they gave me some Nurofen. I mean, come on. <laughs> Nurofen? We have neurofen just because you're having a bad day. You know, it was like, come on. So they gave me this neurofen. They said take two every four hours, and and I thought, well, clearly this is not going to be enough. So I'll just double the dose. (laughs) Uh, I felt great to be honest, I didn't feel anything. Um, I nearly fell down some stairs. I was like, "Whoa!" you know, I was like on those crutches. I was running faster than the children. When I actually took the time to look at the details, I noticed that instead of a 200 milligram Nurofen, which we would normally be given in New Zealand, these are 400 milligram. <laughs> so it turns out I was taking eight times the daily dosage. Um, so yeah, I didn't feel a thing, but I still couldn't figure out why I'd fallen over. And I remember going back to the stair, and I remember going back to the space, and I looked at it, and I sort of stood back, and I thought, oh, now I see what happened. It makes sense to me that my foot slipped. There was nothing else that my body could have done. Aside from flying, it was always going to happen. It was an ex- what we call an accident waiting to happen. Three years ago, after having gone through the, the pressure of... Um, divorce and separation and dealing with all of the things that, I won't even go into all the details, but you can imagine what my life had to change, financial, emotional, personal, physical, in every way. What I found was that my mind and my emotions were going like this, ever so slowly, day after day after day. And I went from being very, very stressed to feeling very, very anxious. And I went from being very anxious to feeling almost burnt out and quite hollow, And I came to a point where my mind, my emotions, and it was like I couldn't take any more. And it's like a little shut off switch just went. And it was like I could hear the snap. I could feel the snap in my heart. Now, I was still a Christian, still doing all the right things, still praying, still believing. And guess what? I was still a Christian when I walked down that road. I didn't like do something weird and then fall over. I was just walking down the road and it made sense to me that my foot slipped. In this case, I was walking down a path and it makes sense to me now that my body couldn't take anymore. And I found myself for the first time ever dealing with clinical depression. And suddenly we've gone from like, oh, that's wonderful that we can pray for your foot and that sort of thing to, oh, this is a bit strange and a bit weird. But when I look back at that time, it made sense to me that I was under so much pressure that I just could no longer feel the way that I had felt before. My, my body and my brain and my mind couldn't continue to accept all the information, and I just had to kind of go, nah, I'm out of here. Now, it wasn't sudden. It was just a slow, slow, slow thing. And I remember a friend of mine saying to me, you, are you okay? People started to say, and people started to notice And I started to go from feeling really sort of sad and upset to feeling absolutely nothing. Very hollow, very um, disconnected with reality, and yet continuing to do all the same normal things, continuing to pray, continuing to read my Bible, continuing to live the life that I did. And I needed to actually go out and get some help. And this was, it was a huge thing because I've never lived with this stuff before. I've never dealt with this stuff before, and I've never had to, Sort of to see this happen in my world. And the spectrum had moved from that stress to that burnout to depression. Now, I do a full kind of workshoppy thing and talk about that and what that feels like and what that means and how we deal with that with people in our world. But for the sake of this morning, I just want to go through a few little things and some skills that I have learned in this time to deal with this. Now, this isn't about being depressed, this is about what I call the spectrum, the stress. We're all stressed. Some of us are a little burnt out. And some of us may actually be dealing with further along the spectrum of that. We're all there every day. And so some of the things that we can actually deal with are just amazing. As our feet are slipping, we can deal with that stuff. And we can look at it before it actually gets us to the bottom. The first one is my faith. Absolutely pivotal and important is that question of who am I trusting in this? Who am I leaning in on on this? Who has given me the skills and the mind? Who has given me the people around me? My God has given me those things. And my faith has become a pillar of something I can say, I will not budge on a belief that God loves me. I've had to question a whole lot of other things because I'm like, oh, this is so confusing. But I will not budge on the fact that God loves me and that he has my best interest at heart. He can use anything for his good. I don't know how. I don't know why. I don't know when but I know that he will, and I can stick with that. The second thing that I love to lean in on, so all these words start with F. I was going to call my title Julia Grace and the F words, but I was told that probably wasn't a very good idea. Uh, <clears throat> I came up, I'm not in marketing. I came up with a slogan. So I was trying to like, you know, get people to realise that they could book me to come and do some stuff like this, and they said, oh, we think you know, you're really expensive and difficult to get hold of. So I came up with a slogan: Julia Grace. She's cheap and easy. <laughs> and apparently I can't use that either. So anyway, I'm I'm out. I'm out. Somebody else come up with a better slogan. <laughs> so F. so we had faith. So the second one is Fano. Now I know that's a WH, but we'll go with that. So Fano, your friends and your family. The reason I say Fano is because sometimes your family are hopeless, and you need to choose some better ones. And it doesn't, because people say, oh, but my family, they don't understand. Or, or, so you might have to pick a better family. Farno <laughs> are the family that you've chosen. You know, they're the, and they might be related to you, and they might not. And that's okay. They're people who gather around you. They're people who will walk with you, who won't judge you, but will love you and will support you. And you'll find your farno when times are tough. And they might be the most surprising people. People that you think, oh, they're totally with me, and then they're just not. And you think, oh, I don't know if you're really that close. Finding those people that understand. They don't have to have gone through it, but they just have to be there for you in different ways. And allow people to be different things to you. My sister is an incredible support to me, but she has never dealt with any of this stuff. So she has no idea on a lot of it. So I just love the fact that she is her, and I go to her house for a distraction. Because she just likes to talk about her wallpaper. She's like, come in, come in, how are you? Good. Okay, cool. Let's talk about the wallpaper. And I remember her saying to me, I feel awful because you come around and I don't really know what to say, and then I start talking about the wallpaper, and then it's all about me. And I said, well, actually, that's okay, because this is a space that I come to, to forget about all of that. I don't want to talk about me. I'm fine, whatever. Let's talk about your wallpaper. Because it was a wonderful distraction. You know, and I said to her, you be you, and I'll, be, I'll go to someone else for counselling, <laughs> not her. You know? <laughs> She'll be like, cool. How are you? Good, right? Wallpaper, you know, and so I say to Bill, you can be the wallpaper for someone. Just be honest and allow them to be that. That's okay that they can do that. Not everyone's going to be your counsellor. The third thing that I learned about was fitness. Actually, like the worst thing, the last thing you feel like doing, but being outside and actually um, allowing that whole what God has created to bring healing. I don't know about you, but going out into nature is incredibly calming. It's like you take away those things that are distracting and being there. I saw this cool thing um, online the other day, and they talked about um, forest baking, or forest bathing. Like, instead of sunbathing, it was like forest bathing. And just going and lying down under a tree and just kind of doing what you do in the sun without the melanoma thing. (laughs) Bonus. Bonus. You know, just getting out somewhere in nature and just allowing the smells and the sounds and, and the peace that can come. And having walked there, burning off some energy, burning off some hormonal stuff that's, that's there and actually sweating it out. These are the things that God has put into our, our own ability. Our bodies can heal themselves. And I can tell you that because if you cut yourself and you come back in a week's time, it will be better. It actually regenerate. Our bodies regenerate. Now, I'm not getting ooky spooky and weird on you, and I'm not saying that you can do magic, but it's incredible that if you do cut yourself, your body has the ability to regenerate, and our minds have the ability to regenerate too. But if we keep them cluttered, and we keep them messed, and we keep them stressed, it's very hard to find that space. And in those spaces, they can be God's spaces. Sometimes it's hard to find focus on God with lots of people around. Sometimes even in church, it can, be, can, you know, it's like, it can be hard. But on our own, Jesus went out to the quiet places. He went up to the mountain to pray. He was like, time out. They're like, where's he gone? He's like, see you later. I need some time. And if he needed time out, guess what? So do you. Fun. Fun is a wonderful thing to help with that stress, to help to burn off some of that stress and finding some things that give you your sparkle. What is your sparkle? What is the thing that makes you go, oh, yeah. Is it fishing? Yeah. Yeah. It's a word from the Lord. Eight men just woke up right there. What's that bird on about? Oh, she said fishing. Oh. It was a voice from the Lord. I can make that a generic prophecy for all of you. Just put it on the tape. There's a man out here who likes fishing. (laughs) genius, eh? I love it. There's someone here who knows someone who knows someone whose name is Mary. (laughs) I'm waiting for someone to have a word of knowledge for like (laughs) Yin, and then them stand up because that'd be cool. Something really specific. Um, But you know, I think that we've got to find our thing. Now some people, I can't, I don't really love fishing. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll do that. But it doesn't do much for me. So that's not going to really regenerate me. That's not going to help me on my spectrum. I'm going to find something else. For some of you, it will be things you see. For some of it, it will be things you hear, songs or music. For some of you, it will be things that you read or time or sports or energy or it could be anything. But find the thing that makes you absolutely come alive and let the people around you know that you're going to use that as your little time. You know? Like, you can't use it forever. You know, so I'm lying on the couch watching the league. Um oh, sorry, babe, I'm just having my sparkle. (laughs) Four hours later, oh, I was just having my sparkle. Yeah, like, we've got to, you know, just like rain in a little bit. But sometimes we still have to be honest and actually go, if that's your thing, I'm going to let you find that time and to do that. It's important. Pharmaceuticals. It's not a magic bullet, but when you're sick, we have a habit of going to the doctor and God has actually given them the ability To do some things that will help you. And if you need to take medication for stress, for burnout, or depression, big deal. Big deal. I have a friend who is a type 1 diabetic, and she takes insulin. And guess what? Nobody judges her. Nobody's ever walked up and gone, Oh, you've been on it for a while. Maybe about time you dropped that insulin, because she'll die. You know, like we have accepted the fact, we've prayed for her, she's still got diabetes. Accepted the fact that that medication is the only thing keeping her alive. And you know what? If you need to take some medication for your mental wellness, I say go for it. It's just my opinion. But sometimes it can be the difference between actually being able to lead a whole healthy life and make some good decisions and actually end up in a deep, dark pit. And I think sometimes God says to us, hey, use your brain. Use the resources that are laid out in front of you. It's not a magic bullet. It won't fix anything. You will put on weight. I went from being skinny and miserable to fat and happy. (laughs) 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 And it's up to you to decide whether that is something that's a long-term thing or whether it's something that's a short-term thing. And it's actually not anyone else's business. It's between you and your doctor. You know, when I fell over, I broke my foot. And I'm, I'm always going to have a little, I've got to be careful of that foot. It's healed, it's great, it's brilliant, but I'm aware of it. I have a little weakness in that foot. And I know for me with my emotions in my mind, sometimes when we have an injury, when we break like that, we've got to keep our mind and our eyes on it. And that's okay. God knows, he cares and he understands. And the last thing there is, um, is philanthropy. Actually giving out to others. You know, find somebody who needs you it's an amazing way to actually focus on things being better you know like reaching it because it could get a bit all about oh, me 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 you know ah, want to be in the middle when we've got to I do this blog about a middle penguin and we've got to find our times to be on the in the inside now what penguins do is when they when they get cold and, and and what happens is they they lay their eggs and they leave them with the dads and then the mums all buzz off and go and get food Sound familiar? (laughs) They go to the cafe and they come back about four months later. There's a word for some of you ladies there, actually, I think. (laughs) So all the dads get left behind and they're left with with kind of hanging out together and and it's very cold. So they huddle. But of course, the ones in the middle of the huddle, they get quite warm and the ones on the outside are braving the cold. So they get into the spiral formation and they huddle around and they take turns being in the middle. And they go round and around and around and round. And so because of the spiral, you end up in the middle and then you end up eventually on the outside. And I know for some of you, you're used to being an outside penguin. I'm used to being an outside penguin. I'm one of the strong ones on the outside. I've been brought up with a great Christian background. I've had incredible, you know, privileges of being able to live a, a great and healthy life. And so I'm on the outside going, cool, I can look after you guys. But it's very embarrassing to become a middle penguin. Because you're in there going like, bah. <laughs> it's quite humiliating because I'm not used to being a middle penguin, but I've had to learn to take my time in the middle. But then once you're better, you've got to learn to take your time back on the outside because part of your healing might actually be restoring that place. You know? And you know, all the ones in the middle looking at the ones on the outside, oh, show offs. I think you're so cool. You know, the ones on the outside looking at the ones on the inside, drama queens. <laughs> Probably just faking, <laughs> you know. But we take our turn and we take our time. And we've got to learn what season are we in when we do that. The last thing here says, Your love, O oh Lord, supported me. Not Your love, O oh Lord, stopped all bad things from happening to me. Or Your love, O oh Lord, insulated me from all the pain. Your love, O oh Lord, wrapped me in cotton wool and made me an annoying, immature baby for whom I had never learnt any character. No, 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 no. Your love, O oh Lord, supported me. The inference being that you needed some support. Something happened that meant you had to lean in on him. He walked alongside me, he supported me, and he stopped me from being utterly crushed. Bent, but not completely broken. There's a story of the footprints in the sand. (laughs) You know the one where they look down from heaven. It's not in the Bible, but. Some people think it is, but hey, look down from heaven. (laughs) We like to make things up, eh? Let's take things out of context in the Bible. I found a great verse. I will gladly spend. (laughs) Hallelujah. I don't know what the rest of it is, but I don't care. Um, I like that But I found another one in the Psalms. It says, for men hotly pursue me. And look what happened. <laughs> Hallelujah. So once again, a word for some of you. Um, we like to do a little context. But this one, Footprints in the Sand, it's, it's just a story. But they're looking down from heaven, and they see the, you know, the two sets of footprints. And then something went bad, and he says, Oh, Jesus, how come you left me alone? He said, My child, that's when I carried you. And then there's a the bit where there's the two lines. And he says, well, What's that? And he says, Oh, my child, that's where I dragged you, kicking and screaming by the hair. <laughs> Sometimes we've got to learn to just go, just keep going. We've made our scene, and now we've got to carry on. We've actually got to walk on in our life. When I was at school, I was um, after that kind of whole period of time, and I was really coming into the middle of that and learning to walk through and learning to walk out the other side. And I was reading a story to the little kids, and I don't know about you, but sometimes we get these um, situations where <clears throat> I'm having a, a physical human conversation, but it's like the Holy Spirit is saying something very different in my head. It's like the conversation comes alive and something's happening that's more important than just the practical interchange. You think, oh, this is important. And I remember sitting there and I, I've been really sad and really upset, and I was coming through this, I was dealing with it, I was putting those things into place. And starting to come, but I still felt like it was walking through mud just going forward. And I was like, oh, how have I had to deal with this stuff? What am I going to do, you know? And I opened up this big book to read to the kids and the little five-year-olds. And it's called, We're Going on a Bear Hunt. You know the story? Yeah. yeah. So as I read it to them, it was like there was this other kind of soundtrack going on in my mind. And I read them the story, and what happened in my head, I said, we're going on a bear hunt We're gonna catch a big one. I'm not scared, what a beautiful day. Uh oh, divorce. Dirty old divorce. I can't go over it. I can't go under it. Oh no, I've got to go through it. We're going on a bear hunt. We're gonna catch a big one. I'm not scared, what a beautiful day. Uh oh, depression, deep, dark depression. I can't go over it, I can't go under it, oh no, I've got to go through it. I heard a great quote that someone says, if you find yourself in the fire, don't stop. If you're in the middle of a storm today, if you're finding yourself at the heights of a storm or the depths of a pit, I would encourage you, continue, continue. Keep walking, keep moving, one tiny step at a time, one little step at a time. I'm gonna to finish today with a song that I will sing for you, but I sing it for myself. Because I used to sing this to remind myself that all that was required of me was one day at a time. One day at a time. It was required that I would wake up in the morning, that I would walk with the best of my ability, with my, with my head held high, if possible and that God would be faithful for that one day. So it's an old kind of country song, but I've written it into my own verses, and there's a little part of the verse that says, um, I've walked for weeks without seeing the sun, but I'm confident tides will be turning. If I had known all my life would be i would have given up before i started and if i had seen all the mountains to climb i would be frightened and i'd be faint